Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love Thee, and I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love Thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's Monday, so Mom is on. Good morning, Mom. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, and you? Good. Good. What do you want to talk to us about today? Well, uh, in early July, I was listening to the homily on Sunday, and it was about Jesus sending out the 72 disciples on mission. And then later in that week, uh, that was from Luke, later in the week, there was a gospel from Matthew where he sent out the 12 apostles. They were sent out in pairs. Well, that caught my attention. So they were given their mission, which was part of God's plan of salvation. And it got me to thinking about our own mission. So that's what I'd like to talk about today, our mission. Okay. So what is our mission? And we can even say, do we even have a mission? Well, we can say for sure that the big mission is to get to heaven. Each of us, that's the goal of our lives is to get ourselves to heaven. That's what we were created for. So we can ask ourselves, are we on that road? And then I believe that it would also please the Lord a great deal for us to bring many souls with us to heaven and not to just go to heaven alone, but to bring a multitude of people with us. So Jesus, I believe, sends us out just as he did the 72. And he sends us out like lambs among the wolves. So two things are necessary. Uh, One is to have a firm faith, to believe firmly, and to outwardly profess our beliefs and to carry our inward steady faith to others in a world that has lost its bearings. So many would say that there's no peace in society today or in families or in souls. And so the question is, why is there so much hostility and why so much sadness and anxiety? And in thinking about that, I think it's perhaps because we have not looked to God to find peace. If we are at peace with God first, then we can carry that peace to others. in all the solutions that they come up with on uh, this constant news cycle that's with us, they never really turn to God for peace. They find, they go to every other kind of solution you can think of, but no one ever says, go to God. So violence and anxiety have their roots in men's hearts, and there are consequences of sin. It opens the way for hatred and division. And as Our Lady said recently in her message, evil is at work in man as never before, as you've mentioned. So there's there's where our mission comes in. Uh, and what are your thoughts about our mission? Well, every baptized person's mission is to carry out and continue the work of Jesus Christ on earth. And... Uh, it, it has to include sharing the word of God, helping those in need, and living as examples to the world of who Jesus was. And that means following his commandments, and that means uh, living the Beatitudes. So pretty simple, but not mm-hmm. easy by any stretch of the imagination. But that's the mission. And so it, it drives me crazy when uh, particularly pastors get you know, off on these tangents that that 
have nothing to do with the mission. It's mm. like go back to your 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 first love, which is to do the work of Jesus Christ on the sacraments. So priests in particular should be most uh, tied to the sacraments since they're the only ones that can do them, you know? Mm-hmm. And preaching your homily should be really important because only you and a deacon can do that. So spend some time on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't get up. I, I was Before I was ordained, I went to a mass and it was raining. And the priest said, let's listen to the rain the beautiful rain that comes from heaven. And that was the homily. We sat down and for 10 minutes, we listened to the rain. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Like this person, that what a cop out. You didn't do any work at all to prepare a homily. Um, so go back to the mission of Jesus Christ. If you want to know what the mission of the church is, go look at what Jesus did. He healed, he delivered, he proclaimed, uh, and he brought people uh, to God the Father in heaven by opening the way up to heaven through his cross. And it's, you know, that's what we need to be doing. That's what, you're right though, people are, uh, the the solutions in the world will never turn to God because we live in a world that is against God, right? Jesus even even said to us that the ruler of this world is Satan. Now it's interesting today, in the gospel today, he says, do not think I have come to bring peace on the earth. I've come to bring not peace, but the sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and so on and so forth. Um, because he realizes this is a huge call to follow Jesus. And when there's a huge call, there'll always be a huge division against those who do follow the call against those who don't follow the call. And that's what we're seeing in the culture in America today. It's people for the most part who are trying to live as Christians in a post-Christian era. And those, it's very odd to say, but uh, those in charge, many of which are Catholics, are trying to push an agenda that's anti-Christ. And that's the, that's the soup and the nuts of the whole thing. And that's the battle that's being waged in our country. It's it's You read in the gospel today, it's right there, all of it. So we could even say about today's gospel that the mission is the most important, is following Jesus. And the work that he's cut out for us is more important than family ties even. That the, the call, Absolutely. The, the call comes first. Absolutely. So he goes on further. Wait, furthermore, he says, whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Hmm. And that, that's that's those are big words. <laughs> so we could say that the call is that Jesus uh, that that's put on our lives, that is a, mi- a mission for us to accomplish is the most important thing. So if that's the most important thing. We have to really think about it and figure out what our mission is. That should be a very big part of our discerning process. Like, what was I created for? What does God want me to do? And I don't think too many people think about that. Not a, No, they don't. No. I've been saying more and more at the Sunday Masses, please, this week, go home, call up somebody who isn't coming to church, and invite them back to come back with you next week. If everybody did that and just called one person that wasn't going to church say come back there's there's great gifts for you that the church holds um you you could build your church up pretty quickly uh and it but it's not about building up the church it's about building up the people who make up the church yes yeah uh you know i was i learned something in researching this little talk this morning um the church benefits from the prayers and sacrifices of all of her people it's it's called the spiritual goods of the church. 
I've heard this long, long ago when I was a, a young person. So I looked it up in the catechism and it says in number 953, in the communion of saints, the least of our acts done in charity redounds to the profit of all. I had to look up redounds. What does that mean? It means transfers. So in the communion of saints, the least of our acts done in charity transferred to the profit of all. Well, that's a wonderful reason to be in the church. We get the benefit of everybody's prayers and sacrifices. Uh, it's all shared. It's all shared. Um, so uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So getting back to um, in the, with the help of grace, we can turn back to Christ. Uh, and the life of a Christian is a struggle to overcome evil and reach Jesus. That's, that's what's going on in our lives. So in Jesus, when we get there, we find peace. And we go to confession to clean our souls, more peace. And there is no peace without contrition and repentance. So we must begin over and over again. But once we have this peace, after confessing our faults, we can spread this peace wherever we go. We can spread it to our family, to our workplace, to everybody we meet in our day. And then it reminded me of the scripture reading, uh, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. Jesus said that in Luke. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. So we have the obligation to bring peace wherever we go. And we look around and we see turmoil everywhere. And uh, we need to have peace in our hearts. Let it begin with me so we can bring it to others. So the church is the way Jesus established for us to get to heaven. And it is by this means that we receive the riches that he left for us, the sacraments. He calls it the way. You know the way. So to be in the church is to be with Jesus, to be a member of his body. And the sacraments are the channels through which these graces flow. Of course, you know all this. There are forces of evil that try to keep us from our goal. The rebel angels work in the present darkness. The battle is very real. And every day we are engaged in this battle. So in thinking about that, it reminded me of climbing Cross Mountain in Medjugorje. I had an experience one time when I was climbing it. And as you know, and as anybody that's ever been to Medjugorje knows, it's very steep and a very hard climb. Difficult. At times when you're climbing, you can't see the cross at the top, which is the goal of the climb. But other times when you go around a bend, it comes into view. And it's an encouragement along the way. You say, oh, okay, I'm getting closer. So it, it struck me while I was making the climb this one time that when we make the climb with other people, it makes it easier. So along the way, we pray together. Along the way, we help each other. And it's a metaphor, I think, for life's journey and our goal of heaven. So the goal is up there at the top of the mountain. And as we're going along, we help each other. We pray together. Uh, and then every now and then we catch a glimpse of heaven and it helps us a little bit with encouragement. But it is a steep climb. So... <clears throat> Uh, the goal, I guess, is to travel with other believers and to pray and help each other. So the sacraments, praying and helping each other, going to confession, uh, having peace. Uh, how else do we engage in this daily battle? Any other ideas? And it is a daily battle. Well, it's like it was started in the beginning. It's living the life that Jesus lived, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, he was a man of prayer. If God spent time in prayer, how much more to, to hum, human beings who are not divine have to spend time in prayer? Well, you, know, you ever I think, think about that? He was he was he was often in prayer. Yes. Yeah. Whole nights. Whole nights spent in prayer. And when you speak about the um, the spiritual goods of the church, it makes me think of you know the term the tr- build up for yourself treasure in heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a treasury in heaven, and it's it's all the merits of Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother and all the saints and the martyrs, and particularly the martyrs. Do you know that the plenary indulgence that we we often uh, strive for when we have a special uh, feast day come up or uh, if you go pray in the cemetery in the first week of November, you mm-hmm. get a plenary indulgence. But th- what's happening is that the blood of the martyrs over the centuries has been stored up and the gift of their blood that gets applied to you and and that's what's uh, wiping clean your purgatory time. Mm-hmm. And it originated in the early church when somebody, when somebody was on death row to be martyred, uh, the new Catholics would come and ask the person if they would offer their prayers up for the for the ones who were coming into the church. And so that's continued over the years and now extended out to anybody who wants a plenary indulgence, along with the, the normal conditions of praying for the Holy Father's intentions and all, uh, you know, the, the rest of them. But it, it goes, it taps into the treasury in heaven. I, I think if people knew what the church had to offer and what we we forget about and take for granted the the riches of of our church uh, and how it benefits us to be part of it they they would never walk away from it well this is why we want everyone to be catholic yeah because and, you know if you if you have something that's so great you want to tell everybody about it right so we have we literally have jesus his body blood living alive in our churches in our in our eucharist we get to feed on this when we go to mass we have a mother in heaven who watches out for us we have guardian angels um the whole deposit of faith and and people don't know about it uh, this is unique to catholics you know jews do not want to uh get any more jews they they wanted to stick with their bloodline, and of mm. course Muslims, they have a uh, an intolerance if you don't become Muslim in a country that's over 51% Muslim. So we're the only ones who are opening the doors, saying we want everybody to come into the church, because we have this great gift that we want to share with everybody. You know, a lot of times when I'm preparing a, a talk for Mondays, I have to look something up in the catechism. It's been great for me doing this show because it gets me back into the catechism, researching different things. And this morning I even went to the old Baltimore catechism with the question and answer uh, style. And I, if you don't have a catechism, uh, the new one that was you know, instituted by Pope John Paul II, you really need to get yourself one. And... Uh, you know, it's it's good for studying, too, just to sit down and read a chapter or two and uh, reacquaint yourself with things you may have forgotten or never know. So um, that's a good thing. So back to what we need for this mission of ours. I think fortitude is very necessary, uh, which is strength and the struggle that we face that we find ourselves facing. And of course, we can always rely on our lady, uh, who's our mother who's carefully watching our steps as she says in all of her messages once a month she really is watching out for us so the goal is to reach heaven ourselves but i think we have a a big calling to 
pass it on to our family and friends, the most precious gift we have, which is our faith. And, um, and to bring as many people as possible with us to heaven, instead of walking in by ourselves to bring a multitude with us. So how do we do it? Well, it's mostly, I think, by our example and how we live our lives, by leading a life of holiness. And God places our neighbor and his needs along the road of our lives. And how we walk this road matters because people are watching. So the church, we can say, is like a great army in battle array. And we're part of that army. We're kind of like watchmen at our post, vigilant against the enemy who seeks to steal, murder, and destroy. And John the Baptist preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it was interesting that Jesus preached the exact same words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus sent the disciples out with the same words in Matthew 10, verse uh, 7, repent for the kingdom is at hand. So we were made for a mission and the mission is heaven for ourselves to get there. But we also have a specific work to do. God created us with a specific mission for each of us in his mind that we were to accomplish. And he went so far as to equip us for this task with special gifts and talents related to this work he desires us to accomplish. And each one of us is different. Now, so I looked up the word mission in Webster's Dictionary, and it's a specific task with which a person is charged. Then I looked up vocation, and that's a summons or a strong inclination to a particular state. So it's a little different. Uh, So a vocation, I don't think is exactly the same as a mission. Uh, Vocation is a state in life, but a, a mission is, I think, the bigger goal within different states in your life. And I'm thinking of Mother Teresa. She had um, a vocation, you could say, and a mission to be a nun. And her prayers and works as a sister in a convent would be very different than going out to the slums of Calcutta to minister to the poor. So she had a, a mission, but then there was later on another mission. So we also could say that uh, we could have a mission at one point in our lives, like in our 20s, and the mission could be different later on when we get to, say, 60s, 70s. Uh, God may give us something else to do. It can change over the course of years. Well, the mission, yeah, but the mission, I would say it reverse. The mission is always the same. The vocation is the avenue by which you fulfill the mission. Mm. Okay. Right? So, like, your vo- your vocation is different than mine, but we both have the same mission. Mm. But we, ha- but and there will be slight differences. Like you can't celebrate mass, uh, I can't have a baby. But but the mission is to bring everybody to God and and to to teach about Him. Mm, that's a good uh, way yeah, to put could, it. Yeah, that that could change over time too. But but the mission, the real mission, shouldn't change. It's always get to like you said, get to heaven and get as many people there with you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the whole gist of it. So how do we know what our mission is? Oh, and it's just interesting because, you know, even in one family, I, we had four children. And although we tried to raise them the same, everybody had different gifts and talents. Even though they were raised in the same atmosphere, it all turned out different. But that's because God gave them each a different thing based on what he wanted them to do with their lives. So as a mother, I can see that pretty clearly. So how do we know what our mission is? Well, the first thing is to pray for direction. 
and to ask God, what, what is it you want me to be doing? And to turn to scripture, I think, there was many people in scripture who were trying to figure out what their mission was. Uh, I'm thinking especially in the Old Testament, uh, so many, uh, Joseph in the Old Testament with his brothers, so many. And so uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, verse 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then Romans 8:28, one of my favorites, we know that in everything God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. So uh, once we know our mission, we can focus on it and let go of things that don't support that goal. I'm thinking of you, Father Dan, finding your way to priesthood. So it took a long time for you to discern that call. First of all, I don't think in the beginning you were even looking for what your mission might be or your vocation, vocation in God's in God's eyes. And that yeah. happens to so many. Mm-hmm. We, we pick, we want a career. We want something to make us uh, wealthy, successful, and it's all the things of the world we're looking for. We haven't asked God about it. And so we go off on a different path. Uh, but God is so good. He always brings us back if, if we're open. So again, you know, once you discerned your call, you could let go of the things that didn't support that call now. You know, things that you had been doing in the world, let's say. Right. So that's an important step. Mm-hmm. Knowing our mission. So, well, and then I always turn to Our Lady. She's appearing to us now in Medjugorje, allegedly. We, I always like to get her opinion on things. So here's a message that speaks right to it. January 25th, 1987. Dear children, behold, also today I want to call you to start living a new life as of today. Dear children, I want you to comprehend that God has chosen each one of you in order to use you in his great plan for the salvation of mankind. You are not able to comprehend how, <clears throat> excuse me, how great your role is in God's design. Therefore, dear children, pray, so that in prayer you may be able to comprehend what God's plan is in your regard. I am with you in order that you may be able to bring it about in all its fullness. Thank you for having responded to my call. And she also says in, the most, uh, in September 25th, 2008, we live in a time of great graces. And we forget that. Our Lady being with us for 41 years, the graces are pouring out. And so uh, this is a time to really uh, take grasp those graces that God is offering us. So um, there's a plan. God has a plan for us in these times. And what do I bring to my mission? So I ask that question. Uh, I And I, I'm asking this, I have human qualities and assets. Is this what qualifies me for my mission? And I would say the answer is no, because we receive graces from the Holy Spirit for the work he desires for us. So actually, sometimes we can, like myself, when you asked me to be on this show, I said, well, what would I say? And that was because of me. But once you ask the Holy Spirit, you see, there's plenty of grace flowing and there's plenty to say. So if he wants you to do something, you have to ask him instead of looking at ourselves and saying, well, I I don't have enough. I don't I couldn't do that. And then I would say, do I look at what I can do as an individual? Again, the answer is no. The whole body of the church is involved in this mission. 
So God is calling every one of us to work in his vineyard. And uh, all we have to do is go to prayer and see where he wants us to be. So Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. So the church is where we act as one body with Jesus as the head to fill the, fulfill the mission of Jesus. And the mission is to lead her children to God, to heaven. He dis, Jesus commissioned his disciples to carry on the works he did. And this is our story as well to continue on. It makes me think of um, uh, Catherine Labre, um, when she had that apparition of Our Lady about the miraculous medal. Um, that was her mission, by the way. She was given that, I think literally the word mission was used when she told her, I have a mission for you. And um, she saw streaming from the rings on Our Lady's fingers, uh, rays that were going down to the world. But then there were some of the gems and some of the rings were not lit up. And Our Lady said that the ones that were dark were graces that were available, but nobody asked for. Mm. So every day you should be asking Our Lady, give me all the graces that no one's asking for today, plus the ones I need uh, first and foremost for my own mission. But I'll take all of them, you know. I'll take all yeah. the graces that you want to give out. Why not? And Again, so, no, but how I, many people know this? And Hopefully today world, a lot more. <laughs> because the world is in turmoil, God is pouring out extra graces. Yes. Where sin abounds, grace super abounds. Yes. So well, that's it for today. Thanks for being on. You're very welcome. Uh, it's been uh, delightful to have you opened a whole range of knowledge for a lot of people. And everybody should go buy a catechism if you don't already have one. That would be a good, great thing to do today. May the blessing of Almighty God come down upon you and remain with you forever. And I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing out. Mm -hmm.